Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're excited to welcome an insider from Los Angeles, Ty Lue, though, first on a team that has a bunch of veteran pieces and can win a variety of different ways, even when Kawhi Leonard doesn't have a great game. We have a type of team. It could be PG's night, Kawhi's night, it could be Russ's night, you know, and just, you know, just playing the game. And, you know, Kawhi doesn't care about numbers. You know, he just, he wants to win. It happened to be Russell Westbrook that found the gas pedal in the third quarter and is able to power the team uh, to a healthy lead over Orlando. So for Russell Westbrook, it's kind of interesting because you and I had talked about this after he ended up with the Clippers and why this was the right place for him because he felt like it was a fresh start and a chance for redemption. Uh, We know that Kawhi Leonard has a ring, but Paul George does not. Uh, And so he's still chasing that as a veteran who's been in this league for a long time. Same thing now with James Harden. Harden. Um, and so you make a good point about a bunch of guys who are motivated not by individual accolades because these guys have had plenty of individual awards and all-star teams and and all of the attention as individuals, but not necessarily as a champion or as champions together. But why make the move for James Harden? Why this guy? Why does he fit with the Clippers? I think it comes down to three things. Uh, number one, James is an offense unto himself. Like that, this dude led the league in assists last year, but we talked about James in, as far as what he can do as a scorer. And this team, as talented as Paul, George, Kawhi Leonard, Russell Westbrook are, James offers you something different. Uh, and so, like, when it, when it comes to the, what, the, what the team needs to do to complement each other, James, as a pick-and-roll ball handler and decision-maker, he I, I believe he comes to this team and is already the best combination of scoring and passing. Um, so that's number one. Number two, James is a bigger body. There are a lot of point guards, <laughs> Amy, that changed hands, right? And James was a point guard for the Sixers last year. He doesn't need to be a point guard for the Clippers this year, but he has that skill set offensively. But defensively is where – People are going to dismiss James because he, he does have a low light. Uh, he, he does have low lights when it comes to that in the floor, but he has his highlights too that don't always show up. You don't see James Harden getting out muscled by dudes. You don't. You, you do see James Harden forcing turnovers. He's always averaged more than a steal a game when when uh, he plays. He gets on the glass. If they're going to be smaller, you want to have a nose for the ball. Uh, so there's boxing out and there's getting the rebound. And then there's ending possessions before teams even get shots up. James is capable of fitting in in a team defensive setting. And then number three, 
these guys are all from L.A. area or Southern California. Like, that is a cool thing. <laughs> it's rare to have that where you come into the league and you play a, a decade and then you all get to be on the same team. It's, it, it's fascinating. Uh, I, I kind of feel like it's like the Las Vegas Aces team, except if all of those ladies were from the same area. That's what we have here. And so that plays a role. You know, when you think about consulting your stars, consulting uh, players, leaders in your locker room about who to bring in, you can, you know, there's respect for a lot of guys in the league. But to say that someone that is like, oh, yeah, like I'm, I, I was following him when I was in school, that's what these guys have um, for this season um, starting a week in a week or so. Law, we saw from photos and videos that James Harden was already in the building. What did you see and what did you hear, whether it's guys talking about it or himself? I'm not really sure how much access there was. So what happened? It's funny. I, I hate having my phone out in the locker room. So I saw I see all those clips and I'm and I'm, and I'm like, I'm so glad I don't need to go viral tonight. Like, I don't need it. Like, y'all, y'all, you know. I, I, I'm glad that they had their moment. The trade's not even official, so dudes <laughs> couldn't uh, talk about it. But it was funny because, like, you you ask all of them still, and you know, Kawhi deadpans. I'm told not to talk about this, <laughs> and that was it. And then there's Russ who comes in, and again, Russ's demeanor is so much different, right? So Russ comes in and is like, "I had nothing for y'all." Nothing for James, nothing for PJ. I got nothing for y'all. And then we start talking about the game, and then, but we still are like, Russ, you seem happy. And it's like, yeah, he's happy. Um, I think that's the thing. It's like, you think about it, Amy. James had a rough 2023. Yeah. You know, from the jump, like, end of January, he learned he wasn't going to be an all star. And for some players, it's like, whatever. For James, I think that really hurt him because he's used to at least being named and going to that game. Um, I think that hurt him. And then you go through the season, you go into the playoffs, and he had big playoff games, but we ain't talking about that. We're talking about how they blew game six and how they went up to game seven in Boston and didn't get it done. And, you know, not only is your season over, but your head coach is fired. There's blame going around. Um, That's difficult when you're at the stage of James' career. And then you have the situation in the offseason where he thinks he's getting his money and that doesn't happen. He thinks he's getting traded. It takes until last night for that to happen. Um, I think this might have been the first time James could really look and say, I'm, he's, he's happy and looking forward to something. So, uh, and again, the trade's not even official yet. So we talk about vibes. I felt like the vibes that was around the Clippers was to suggest that they wouldn't need or weren't interested in doing a move like this. I never kind of got myself to a point where I was like, oh, they're not going to do this, period. Well, they wound up doing it, Amy. They wound up making this trade, and now you have different vibes and a different character, or not character, but a different chemistry that you need to develop as well.
Law Murray is with us from Los Angeles, where the Clippers did have a game tonight. And according to photos, videos, reports, James Harden there in the building, though his new teammates not really allowed to acknowledge it just yet. Uh, Law covers the Clippers for The Athletic, and and, uh, we're glad to have him with us here on After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Why did it take so long? Because these negotiations, they stopped and started over the course of four months. You got to ask Daryl Morey about that one. I think the Clippers were pretty I, – I, I, honestly, I feel like the Clippers were constants here. I don't think the Clippers, when the season ended in the Phoenix, were thinking, we're going to get James Harden. Like, that, I don't know if that was a part of their all-season planning. But for the Clippers, every they, they really kind of kept their powder dry, Amy. Like, they, the only veteran acquisition they had on a standard contract was K.J. Martin, who turns out was included in this trade. And then everything was about what James was doing and what Daryl Morey was going to demand when he was going to get to the point where he could comfortably trade him. And I honestly give the Philadelphia 76ers coach, Nick Nurse, new head coach, and the guys on that team a lot of the credit for actually making this go through. Uh, Joel is the reigning MVP, and – it was funny. People were like, is he even going to play in the home opener after they beat the Toronto Raptors, uh, which had been an emotional game for Nick Nurse, you know, being that he won a chip there and was there for five years, was a coach of the year, all that jazz. Um, Joel plays plays so well that, you know, he gets fined because he went Generation X on, on the people. <laughs> and then you also have to look at the story that is developing with Tyrese Maxey, a guy who when he came into the league, you know, he, he he wasn't in the rotation right away. He was playing under Ben Simmons, and then Ben Simmons was not playing, and he emerged in, and then they get James. And then Tyrese was coming off the bench last year, from most of last year, um, and until he got back into the starting lineup. Now that dude is the clear-cut guy next to Joel. He was the player of the week in the Eastern Conference. That's an award James Harden never won as a Philadelphia 76er. I think all of those things make it easier to kind of get to the point where, okay, we can move on from James and we can compete and also still figure out what we need to do to maximize where Joel Embiid is at in his career, which is at the, the very the, the very top, very peak coming off of an MVP season. Any pause from you considering – what we've seen from James in the last three places that he has landed, uh, and even going back to Houston, where he acted very unprofessionally, to say the least, in forcing his way out of town with Daryl Morey. He ends up in Brooklyn. That blows up after, what, a year? Uh, it was as unsuccessful as you could possibly be in an, in one of these big three, quote-unquote, combos. And then in Philadelphia, it didn't last longer than a year and a half any pause at all about adding him to the mix where you're talking about some veterans who themselves are established? There's always going to be pause because, like, you talk about sacrifice and the sacrifice that James is going to have to make. James can't be extended. James isn't going to lead the league in scoring. He probably isn't going to lead the league in assists. Like, he's going to have to defend hard. He's going to have to be a great teammate. He's going to have to be off the ball. He's going to have to move every now and again. He can't have possessions where he dribbles 30 times in a 24-second shot clock. (laughs) Things are going to be different, 
And, of course, you're like when a guy, especially that deep into his career, is being asked to do different things, you, you can't assume that it's going to go great at the beginning. You can't assume that it's going to go great after you lose some games. Uh, it's not going to – you can't assume that it's going to be great when the playoffs start and you're playing the best teams and at the at the highest urgency. So those are all going to be concerns. Why I think some of those concerns will be allayed is because he is playing with his guys, he is playing in his city, and he's playing with some serious talent. Like Russell Westbrook is on damn near minimum contract. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are two stars that are very different than some of the stars that James has played with in his career. Those dudes actually are comfortable being off the ball. Kawhi Leonard had a really rough night tonight. He missed, I don't think, he, he didn't make a single shot, I can tell you. He did not make a single shot before the, the before halftime. And Kawhi's after game, we like, he's cool with a game like that as long as his team is winning, and he's cool doing the little things, keeping the ball moving, rebounding, boxing out, descending, uh, taking his assignment away. Uh, that's Kawhi. Like, that's why Kawhi leads by example. Paul George he could be this team's point guard if he really wanted to, but he advocated for someone else to play that role so that the things that you do have from Paul George as far as his other responsibilities, again, defending, rebounding, hitting shots, being one of your top scorers, he can do that more efficiently and more effectively at the end of the game. Um, and so with James, I think James has – I think James has already tried to sacrifice – before um, he signed a contract in Philadelphia that paid him less money than he probably could have been paid because he wanted to get a guy like PJ Tucker on the team. PJ Tucker is about to be a LA Clipper along with James here. So um, the pause is going to be, you, you got to see it through, but I have probably more optimism that it will work than me being me sitting here thinking this is a terrible idea and they're going to regret it. I'm glad you brought up Tucker. I was going to ask you how he fits into the equation as a former champion, as a guy who, you know, it brings a ton of wisdom and experience himself. Yeah, I got a chance to, you know, just after the game, you know, make sure to introduce myself to him. And and um, I think the best thing for PJ is he's not coming to the Clippers to start. Um, it's crazy that he's been starting as many games as he has. It's a testament to him. You know, a guy who for most of his 20s was either playing in college or playing overseas. And so when you have a player like P.J. Tucker on your team, intangibles is a big part of it. Like that dude probably ain't going to take a shot in a game. Like he's had a lot of games like that. But instead of him playing 30-plus minutes and doing that, instead of him being in the starting lineup and doing that, he's in a pretty much knee-based role. And I think – uh, his willingness to talk to anybody, you know, doesn't matter how many MVPs they want, doesn't matter how many triple doubles they had, doesn't matter how many scoring titles, trophies, even championships. PJ Tucker is willing to talk to anybody in a in a tone and a language that guys won't take personal but will take serious. And you need guys like that. There might have been a dearth of that because the Clippers had a great glue guy in Nicholas Batum. I know Marcus Morris Sr. might not have been popular with the fans, but uh, those guys in the locker room respected Marcus, and Marcus had a, a respected voice. Um, and Robert Covington, a uh, solid dude, a dude who has gotten out of the mud, an undrafted guy who became an all-defensive team member, 
there's a leadership void when you trade away all of those guys. And it's going to be up to PJ for as long as he's with the team to help fill that. Love that answer. Thank you, Law, for all that intel. How quickly will we see James Harden and P.J. Tucker on the court? Well, like I said, this trade isn't even official yet. <laughs> I would be shocked if, even if they announce the first thing in the morning, and you're talking bi-coastal here, like L.A. is L.A., Philadelphia is three time zones away. Philadelphia is in the middle of a three-day stretch where they don't play and they are not traveling. Uh, the Clippers actually have a road game Wednesday night on national TV. I don't think it's the best spot to throw a player like James who didn't play a single preseason game on the floor. PJ, maybe I give him a slight chance to maybe debut, but same thing. I I really don't see a scenario. I think those guys, I think they just want to have those guys sit, watch the game and, you know, get those guys into practice. The Clippers have four days off in between the Lakers game Wednesday night and when they play again Monday in New York of all places. So I think the plan has always been, and I wrote this two weeks ago, I was eyeing this week as a potential trigger for a transaction um, given the days off that the Clippers had. I think those guys are going to practice in LA. They're going to travel to New York, practice in New York and get ready to play um, a very interesting four-game week three uh, against New York, Brooklyn, Dallas, and a matinee game home against the Grizzlies. Brooklyn, yes. He needs to be on the court in the game against Brooklyn. Law, look at you. You nailed it. Uh, The timing and everything. Uh, So as as this group comes together, so much of it will have to do with health, right? Because they are veterans. We're talking about guys who have a lot of wear and tear on their bodies. PG and Kawhi have dealt with injuries um, recently, even just since they've gotten to L.A. So how healthy is the group, the core? Right now, they look great. And I think tomorrow will answer a lot of questions. People keep trying to get the availability report out of the head coach and, and, and the players. Uh, and I, I just read between the lines, like, load management is not something that the Clippers were really doing as far as resting guys when they're healthy. Kawhi Leonard tore his ACL for crying out loud. You know, like he missed an entire season rehabbing that knee. And we saw Kawhi Leonard in the first two, three months of last season wasn't the Kawhi Leonard that we saw pretty much from MLK Day on to the playoffs. Like, he needed to build that knee back up, his game back up, after not playing NBA basketball for so long. And um, it's unfortunate that Kawhi's season ended with a meniscus tear in the playoffs that robbed him of being able to complete another postseason. Um, Paul sprained his knee like that. Knee spring was contact. We saw what happened in the Oklahoma City game. And so it's unfair that those guys have been labeled as guys who don't want to play. They they are very competitive. They want to play. They take care of their bodies to a point where, you know, you feel bad when they break down. There are other guys in the league who they haven't always taken care of themselves um, for one reason or another. And so these guys are dedicated. And Paul looks great. Kawhi, I don't want to say Kawhi looks great, but he certainly looks good. And I expect those guys to play tomorrow unless something comes up where they didn't feel great coming out of this game tonight against the Magic. And that tells it all. That is going to be why the Clippers are a better basketball team. But you add a guy like James as insurance because 
injuries happen, and this team is really at the end of the line here as far as trying to win a championship. They're taking their best and biggest swing at it. <laughs> and you get a guy like James. It's so funny, Amy, but I'm going to use the term. I'm going to keep using it. James Harden is insurance. He's a hell of a luxury, but he's a he, he is a shiny uh, insurance policy for <laughs> Russell Westbrook at the ball handling position. And for Kawhi Leonard and, and Paul George, as far as uh, being able to have enough offense uh, when those guys are uh, not available to play. They definitely are employing the strategy of go big or go home. Uh, as you point out, these guys are coming to the end of a window where they could win a championship. And so I like the move for the Clippers. Uh, don't don't necessarily love the way that James forced his way out of another franchise in another city. However, he is reportedly ecstatic about being in L.A. now. So you want to make sure you follow Law on Twitter at LawMurrayVNU. He covers the Clippers and the NBA for The Athletic. Great intel, good reaction, Law. It's great to catch up with you. I know it's been a really long day, but thank you so much for a few minutes. Thank you so much, Amy. Appreciate you and enjoy, enjoy the rest of your week. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 